Our scripture reading from today comes from the first letter to, uh, of John in the first chapter. This is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. If we claim we have fellowship with him and live in the darkness, we are lying and do not act truthfully. But if we live in the light in the same way as he is in the light, we have fellowship with, one, with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from every sin. If we claim we do not have any sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not with us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from everything we've done wrong. If we claim we've never seen, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks once again that we are in this place. And now that we are about to meditate upon your word, continue to speak to us. Continue uh, putting out your Holy Spirit on all of us so that we can hear what you have to say for us today. I put myself before you. Use me as your instrument and that everything that I'm just about to say be for the glory and the edification of your church. In your name we pray. Amen. So, uh, probably have, I have told you before that I, have, I grew up in Mexico, uh, Puebla, Mexico. That's where I come from. That is uh, my, one of the you know, stamps or the carts that you buy in the shops there of the tourists. Uh, that is, uh, uh, the, my city was uh, built or inaugurated, I don't know how you say it, uh, yes, mandated to, to be uh, by the Spaniards, I mean, we had a lot of people before that, but by the Spaniards in 1528. So that is an, a very early, early church, and that's on top of the pyramid, which I'm not going to discuss what that means and everything, but that's an active volcano. So all this to say is there is no adult moment where I come from. <laughs> and again, as I say, uh, next, next picture uh, is an old, old city, and um, uh, there's, there, there is many things as, as growing in Oklahoma, growing in any part of the world, has his, uh, his peculiarities. So there, I want to talk about three ones, uh, three of those peculiar things about my, my city. So the first one is that where I come from uh, comes the Cinco de Mayo thing, the May, May, uh, 5th of May or May 5th. And it, no, it is not Independence Day. It only happened in our state. Uh, next, next picture. It only happened in our state. Uh, it's only celebrated in our state, and that's it. There's no big hoo-ha in, uh, in the country. It's only, it's only a big thing for us, but not nobody else. So how it gets to the states, I have no idea. You have to ask that to yourselves, but that's it. So that is one of the two forts where we battled the, the Frenchies. They came and invaded us. And uh, next picture, uh, you, the, you can see it inside. And... Uh, they came, uh, we battled them, and we, we, we beat them. Uh, we won the battle, but we lost the war. So for three years, we were uh, part of the French uh, reign or French empire for a while there. The next thing that you, you want to know is that we are very crazy about football. All right? 
Now, football, football. Uh, uh, currently, we have two uh, um, uh, professional teams. Uh, for the longest time, we, since 1940, we have that, that team, and it has been professional for that long. Uh, for the most part, our uh, team stinks, really, it's very bad, <laughs> for the most part. But we like it, and we go there. N next picture, and you can, uh, it, he's going through some remodeling. Uh, now it's pretty fancy pants. And, but you outside, you have all this, you know, street food that you can eat, and, you know, with those grease that's just coming down, and you eat it with all the gusto, and, you know, you know that it's going to fill your arteries, but you don't care. You're just happy to be there, and each time that 45 minutes, nothing happened, and suddenly, you know, a second, go, and all that, yay, and then, you know, nothing happens again. So that is, that is football. And <laughs> so anyway, and the, the other thing is uh, that there are a lot of churches where I come from, a lot of churches. Next, next picture. Uh, that is the main cathedral in downtown Puebla, and it was uh, ordered to be built right away when... Uh, Puebla was, you know, asked to be built, 1528. It took 200 years to be built completely. And you see that flag all the way to the top. You can, st you can still see Charles V's coat of arms because he ordered it to, to be to built. Uh, it's, it's really pretty. It's really beautiful. And next picture. And inside, it's all gold and these, you know, massive... Uh, 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 Arches and it's just—it's really pretty. Uh, it is not a museum; it's actual a church uh, where people go to mass on Sundays. You, there's masses from six to till two. They have a break from two to four, and then from uh, four to eight they have masses, and they are all packed all the time. Uh, and there are churches like that everywhere where you go in Puebla. Uh, we are a very, very uh, Roman Catholic uh, community. Uh, if you will, or city. And we are the la fourth largest uh, city in Mexico. So anyway, but during the week, during the week, you will find a scene like the following. All right, there you go. You will see a priest inside a, a confession room or a confession stand, if you will. Uh, those things are Asian as well. Uh, and you see the lines back in there and there are in, not only in the cathedral, but everywhere, in every church, in every Roman Catholic church, you will see the hours where the priest is going to be having confession. And technically, you cannot have communion uh, if you have not confessed, right? And confession for the Roman Catholic tradition is, is very important. It's a sacrament, even. Uh, so you will see that, like that young woman uh, confessing to the priest, and the priest will absolute your sins, give you some penance to do. You may... Pray. It depends on what you have done, and basically next, right? And then there's a line like that, a constant uh, stream of people coming for confession. I don't know if I, I have told you, but uh, I was baptized Methodist, but I was raised Roman Catholic, and, and so that was kind of my uh, kind of normal to me to see and to even experience at times. Uh, well, you know, I have to confess if I wanted to have communion. But for, for we Protestants, we don't, we don't do communion. I mean, we don't do communion, sorry. We don't do confession. We don't do confession, right? Uh, uh, we, uh, since Luther said, you know, only by faith and only by grace 500 years ago, uh, we don't need a priest to tell us to confess, right? So we just tell directly to God. We shout out to God what we have to say. 
So for us, it's not a sacrament. Uh, at times, it's not even a practice. You know, we may confess our sins on every time that we have communion, right? We, we, you follow the liturgy. We say we confess our sins. Uh, you remember? More or less? <laughs> All right. So we, we you know, it, it's, not, it's not just, uh, it, we are not emphasizing that that much. Maybe other Protestant traditions might be more of a Pentecostal flavor. When they have the revivals, the first thing, confess your sins, you sinner, because you're going to, you know, rot in hell, confess, and, you know, that type of thing. So, uh, but again, but we, we Methodists do not necessarily uh, emphasize much confession. However, I think that confession is very important. Uh, the priest that prepared me for my first communion uh, told me this thing. And, and I was preparing to first communion, and I had to confess. And I was about eight years old. I don't remember what I told him, but I remember what he told me till this day. And he told me this, that confession is a very powerful tool that God has given to us so that we can let go of, our, um, of the weight, the burdens that are in our soul and that are going to consume us. So God has given us this precious tool, confession, so that we can get rid of those. And later on uh, in seminary, I learned that the word healing and salvation are the, in Greek are the same. So to be healed is to be saved, and to be saved is to be healed. So putting all this together, what the priest was telling me is, you cannot be saved, you cannot be healed until you confess. Until you get rid of all that you have inside. And again, I remember his words until this day. So, back to our passage today. In verse 9, John says to the audience, Confess your sins. Confess your sins. So, well, what are sins? Let's go basic here. What are sins? What is our sin? And sin is everything or anything that separates us from God that creates a wedge between us and God. And think about Adam. Here I go. I'm going to throw Adam under the bus, right? So Adam is put in, the, in this wonderful uh, garden, and God planted this tree of good and evil. I said, don't eat it, because you will die. The temptation there is not that good and evil, that you will know something morally good and morally bad. In Hebrew, opposites mean the, the totality, the completion, everything. You will know everything. So the temptation is not to, again, know something morally good or morally bad. The temptation is you will know everything. You will be God. That is the temptation. If you think about it, what is the first commandment? Deuteronomy or uh, Exodus 20? You know, somebody? You shall not have any other gods besides me. Right? Because we are just leads to that. We, uh, uh, when we try to emancipate ourselves all the time from God, we want to just do our own thing. We want to just figure it out for, for, on our own. And as doc, Dr. Phil would say, how's that working out for you? How's that working out for us? 
Well, you know, we commit suicide, uh, homicides, we uh, commit genocide, we invade people, we don't get along, uh, we try to, you know, be the best person we, ha- we can, and kind of, you know, overthrowing everything, because we can. Uh, the other day I was preparing to go to work, and I was uh, watching the, one of those early talk shows, I don't know about Today Show or the other one, and Channel 5, I can't remember which one, and there was this new guru the guy who, you know, uh, uh, you have the potential to do anything you can. Uh, just come to when you enter a room, look high, look to people in the eye, because you have the potential. And I said, no, you don't. You, all you need is God. Why we come back to, oh, you have everything. You can do it. The mighty eye, the mighty, the mighty human. We can't. We need God. And that is the first. Confess confess that we always trying to rebel against God. Do we want to emancipate ourselves from God? We don't need God. Why do we need God? We need, that, is a, that is the first thing. And then in verse 7, I don't know if you catch that one. In verse 7 he says, But if we live in the light in the same way as He is in the light, we have fellowship with each other. We have fellowship with each other. So when we confess our sin... Not only do we start to mend our relationship with God, but also we start to mend our relationship with one another. If we say that we are like this with God, we're like, you know, God and I is my BFF. <laughs> I like one time, this is, I don't know, out of the blue, that just came to my mind. Uh, you know, I'm so close to Jesus that Jesus had me in my, uh, in those things that the, the little babies come on, like the... Uh, Never mind. Didn't, didn't fly. Just came and went. Anyway, if we say that, G, that we are like this with God, but we have some resentment against somebody, if we have still some issue, some beef with somebody, we are still not have confessed fully to God. And through our relationships, things happen. Our feelings are hurt. We get angry about things. We get frustrated. Maybe some expectations that we thought may be there. They are not there. Unfulfilled expectations that we thought. And through all that, just there's a wedge that keeps going bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger between us and God, between us and others. But God gave us this mighty, mighty tool. Confess. Confess. Confess your sin. Confess and you will be healed. Confess and that road to recovery will start. Uh, I have had the opportunity to be with many people that are uh, addict recovering. Uh, uh, Many of my family uh, members are in that. And there's something in particular, something that it is across uh, all of them and their their experience. And the first thing that all of them have told me is, you cannot start that road to recovery. You cannot be healed until you confess that you have a problem. That is why, in this case, many of my family members start, they're going to Alcoholic Anonymous, and they will say, you know, my name is such and such, and I'm an alcoholic. And then they start to say uh, their 
whatever there is in the meeting. Uh, well, here I am today to say that I'm Carlos, and I'm a sinner. And we all are. And that is, when we acknowledge that we, there's something in between us and God and us and somebody else, uh, only there, when we confess, it is that we can start that road to recovery, that road to healing, that road to salvation. This morning, I have a symbol here for us. I brought some rocks that maybe for us can symbolize the weight that it is inside of us, the burdens that are within us. It may be that uh, you know what you have in your heart. So I will invite you at the end of the service, at the end of the, when we come, invite you to come and, and kneel and the altar, to come and grab one, and to confess to God. Tell God what is in your heart. To empty it here, symbolically. To pour out your heart, tell to God whatever you need to tell God. And then, don't, don't throw it to somebody, right? And say, hey, here we go. But then, dispose of it. It may be that you need to throw it in the, on a lake, maybe throw it on, you know, in a yard or so, somewhere. Maybe bury it. Whatever you need to do to get rid of it, do it. But take one. May, may this stone maybe is that all, up until till now you have told God, you know, I don't need you, but you know what? I give up. I need you in my life. I need you to be my Lord and Savior. I really cannot do this by myself. It's too much. It's too much burden. Please come. Transform my life. I need you. Maybe it's been a long time that you have not felt God. Maybe it's been, as I said, years maybe. That you have just gone through the motions, gone through the motions, you know, Come on Sunday, do this, do that. But you don't feel God. Maybe this is the time you can say, God, you know, we have gone this, grown apart, but I want to be close. Please come and help me. Heal me. Save me. Maybe you have a problem, as I said, a beef with somebody. Hurt you. You have this resentment in your heart. This loneliness, this ache that is there in your heart and you cannot get rid of it and it's just messing up your soul. Tell God, I don't need it anymore. I don't want it anymore. Come and help me. Come and help me. See, when we confess our sin, it's a win-win for us. Right? It's a win-win for us. Because he says that he's right and just, righteous and just, to forgive us. And not only that, to cleanse us. So if we confess, we're going to be clean. And clean is only that we are going to be showered by God, which is one metaphor, speaking, way to understand it. But more than that, we're going to be like, 
instruments that are precious, that are used for worship things, for in the altar, that are be holy and set apart. That's what God wants for us. Take away the anger, take away the, take away the, the corrosive side in our soul, and put peace and love and hope. But we cannot do, we cannot receive any of that, which God is extending it to us, if we do not confess. So I invite you once again to come, confess, and make things right with God and with one another. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.